We are back with Pass the Jar. This is a bonus episode, just simply giving you guys an update. Uh, we're talking about a few things, and I have a special guest in the house. We'll get to it here in just a moment. Simply titling this 2.5 because this is the halfway point of Season 2. So, you know what to do. Open up a jar, pass it around, and enjoy 2.5. Like I said, this episode is titled 2.5. It's just the halfway point of season two. Still got plenty of awesome interviews with amazing people coming your guys' way. So just stay tuned. But uh, since I missed a week of content due to being on vacation, this is just my way of making it up to you guys. But we have a special guest in the house today. You've, If you've listened to Past the Premium Cinnamon Whiskey, you heard uh, my best friend Shane Murray. And guess what? Shane's home. He's back from the Air Force. He's back from Louisiana. So happy. Uh, Shane, welcome home, pal. Dude, I appreciate it. I am thrilled to be here. It means the world that you uh, asked me to come back home. Yeah. I, it's the only way I figured, like, you're welcome home present, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Gladly accept this. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so how's it, how's it going being back home? It's been incredible. Spending a ton of time with the, with the little ones. Getting to uh, just kind of detox and disconnect myself from the, the military world. I still talk to a few of my buddies. They're uh, keeping me updated on all the dumb shit that's going on at work still. <laughs> so just makes being home even better, knowing I don't have to deal with that anymore. We've already got some golf adventures already under our belts. Oh, yeah. and yeah, That's another thing, dude. Ready to get out there as often as possible with you. I mean, even like when we don't have anything going on or or pardon me when we have something going on one of us still ends up texting the other like hey you want to go play golf tomorrow and then it's yep. just the sadness of oh it's, i can't yeah because <laughs> you're a dad you're a husband a full-time job i'm not a dad but a full-time job yep. and full-time husband so yeah being adults nobody uh nobody told us this part do you remember the days like we'd just go up to the creek whenever we wanted to exactly yeah just drop of a hat. Hey, let's go. All right, cool. I'll see you there. I absolutely miss it, but I wouldn't trade my life out, isn't no, it? No, yeah, not at all. But uh, yeah, man, I'm glad you're back home. Uh, I'm glad you could come over and do this bonus episode with me. It'll feels like usually when I'm by myself, I feel lonely. Oh yeah, and bonus episodes are hard to do by yourself. I don't get. I don't understand how people do podcasts by themselves <laughs> because it's really, really hard. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, when you uh, when you told me you wanted to throw out a bonus episode, like you said for. The week you missed being on vacation, which we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, I was super ecstatic to come over and help you out with it. It has been a uh, <clears throat> been a crazy couple of weeks, obviously, on vacation, and uh, I don't I don't like to throw my personal life into uh, the podcast world, but uh, a bunch of the listeners, I I know they're they're supporters of the show and uh, the reason behind this, but I just want to let you guys know. Uh, Last week, while I was on vacation, I found out that my dad was diagnosed with stage four colorectal cancer. Uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, it's very scary, scary waters to navigate for him and for all of us because uh, dad is 
dad has been my biggest cheerleader other than my wife ever since this started. So uh, dad's always been my hero and we're just, we're going to have to be there for him. Um, he's going to fight through this. So uh, yeah, dude, he's already, he's already beat it once. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that's just who he is. He'll yes. too. Absolutely. He's a fighter. He's going to do it again. Yeah. And, uh, so your prayers, good vibes, uh, thoughts, whatever are extremely welcomed. So, is like I said, they're scary. It's scary to uh, to hear, especially when I was on vacation. I I can't imagine how it was for my dad because of COVID. Yeah, none of us could be in there. Yeah, so he was in there by himself hearing this, and you. It's scary for you, but as a as a child of that person, but yeah, and also being so far away. Yeah, I felt helpless. Helpless, yeah, and I knew. I knew that dad felt helpless in there because he was by himself. None of us could be in there with him. Yeah. Uh, to hell with COVID. Like, I'm God, tired of it. One billion percent. But, uh, yeah, just keep my dad in your thoughts, prayers, good vibes. Uh, greatly, greatly appreciated. But uh, on to more positive things. We're going to kind of talk about my vacation. Uh, Shane also just got back from vacation. So yes, lead us off, bud. So we uh, took a little family vacation down to Gulf Shores. Wasn't too bad uh, over the Labor Day weekend. It was a lot more packed than I expected it to be with, like I said, with the COVID stuff going on. I figured maybe people would kind of stay away. We'd get a <laughs> little time to relax to ourselves, but it was pretty crowded down there. We still made the most out of it. It was more of a, uh, it's more of like a staycation because we got down to uh, the hotel and we didn't do anything else. I mean, went out on the, went out on the beach a couple of days, took the kids out, let them experience the ocean for the first time that's always awesome seeing them light up they <laughs> both of them Beckham and Avery took to the water way better than I ever imagined they would Avery as brave as she is she's very standoffish with a lot of things especially a lot of new things so I thought getting there her never really being around a large body of water like that I figured she'd clam up and start rattling but buddy she wanted to hit the water wide open i had to literally had to hold on to her with everything <laughs> in me if we got anywhere near the water because all she wanted to do was just take off in it so how did bex handle it he was about the same way he was a little skeptical right at first because we were kind of letting him walk up to the water and kind of letting just the the waves roll in and get his feet a little bit right there at the uh the edge of the water but after a few minutes he was the same way he wanted to be out there in it and He's uh he's also going through this little separation anxiety from Cortland where uh he cannot stand to have her out of his sights. <laughs> yeah. So I was holding him in the water, out there dipping him in a little bit and letting some waves crash and when he turned around and realized Cortland wasn't there, he was done with it. So does he does he have that separation anxiety with you? Oh god no. No, yeah, no. <laughs> this kid unless I have food in my hands can't stand me he'll walk by every once in a while and throw a high five at me which is cool but uh aside from that no nah, i'm just uh i'm just a a figure that's around every once in a while i'm sure you'll grow on him a little bit. Uh, yeah i have to you have to i guess i'm gonna have to go i guess i'm gonna be his golf coach one day yeah oh, absolutely <laughs> i hope so I so uh, i don't make enough money to afford a good one. <laughs> oh, thanks yeah i'm free 99 so Three ninety nine per hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After uh, after the third hour, 
you're usually going to have to ask for beer or something. Yeah, yeah. In return. I mean, if you think I'm showing up with that, you're crazy. <laughs> so did you take them like out into the ocean? Like, yeah, I mean, it was waist deep on me, so it wasn't like I was taking him out to 40 or 50 foot drops and just, hey kid, sink yeah. or swim. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's was, was some decent little white caps rolling in. I'd showed her a few and he'd get it splashed. Avery was eating that up. She loved it. She wanted to she wanted to be the one spinning into the waves. She took one to the face and I thought that was gonna be the end of our day. But she shook it off and giggling her head off, all she wanted was just stay in the water, which we got into uh we got into the pool there at the hotel and she had the uh, I think they're called puddle jumpers or basically like a, a life vest with the arm floaties and all that. Yeah. Like it's all attached in one. And she's out there swimming around, and I'm basically just holding her by the stomach, kind of letting her kick, you know? And she's convinced she can swim. <laughs> so she wants to take the puddle jumper off. So I'm like, all right, I'll let her take the puddle jumper off. You know, I'm still holding her, and she's getting mad at me. Daddy, I can swim. I can swim. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you know what? I've had just about enough of this. So I just <laughs> very, very briefly took my hand off her stomach, dropped it just a couple of inches, and as soon as she started to drop, grabbed her again. And she's just sitting there shaking, spitting out pool water. And I looked at her and I was like, well, what happened? Cuz, thought you could swim. <laughs> now, when they uh, when you took them out in the ocean and you were shouldering the wave, did you let them get hit by any? Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I was just throwing them headfirst into it, but I'd let one kind of roll up over me onto them. It's like there's a life lesson in that. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's... This this wave is life, kid. Yeah. And that wave is going to hit you when you least expect exactly. it. Exactly. And it's not going to feel great. Exactly. <laughs> Things are going to be going as great as they can possibly be for you. You're going to be on top of the world, and at any given moment, you can get hit in the face with a wave. When the waves How are do calm. you react to it? Yeah. When the waves are calm, when life is calm, don't turn around because uh, chances are you're going to get smacked in the face with that unexpected wave of bullshit <laughs> yep. yep i think that's a good summary for 2020 so far uh, so far yeah, yeah. We're, we've got what three months left yeah three months it feels like it's been three years dude it, it feels so long ago since quarantine yeah like since i was off work for a month it feels oh, yeah. like a year ago exactly because we went fishing today and it's like because i take off during the summer yeah like, i don't like standing out there in 100 degree heat just fishing yeah and uh that's fair i was standing out there i was like it feels like it's been a year since I've been out here. Oh yeah. So, but uh, so vacation with the kids. How that was kind of nice to be back home with the family. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we made made the most of it. It was a short trip. I think we were only down there for three. Yeah, I think we were down there for three days. The worst part about it is, like I said, back when we're going through that separation anxiety, and I've never seen a one-year-old just flat out refuse to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't just like he was powering through like normal naps during the day. This was an all night affair. He would he would get to the point where he was like physically so exhausted he would fall asleep standing up in his pack and play, <laughs> fall, hit his head, and then wake up mad. Kids are an anomaly. Yeah, like I'm, some of the things they do, it's mind boggling. So uh, when uh when Bex was falling asleep standing up and all that, did he ever? Was it just, you think it was just because he was in a strange place? Yeah, I think that had a lot to do with it. It was something foreign to him. He, he doesn't really like the pack and play sleeping anyways. He does much better in a crib with like an actual bed. Yeah. And I, I think it was the last night we were there. We were just like, yeah, we've got to get some sleep. So we let him sleep in the bed with us. And 
sure as shit, he cuddled right up to Corlin and was out. <laughs> My God, wish we would have done this all the time. But kids are kids are crazy. The way they oh, get yeah. sleep and stuff. Yeah. Did you play in golf down there? No, you didn't. Uh, we made yeah, a deal with yeah. our lives, didn't we? Yep. Made we, a deal that if we got to have our little golf trip, which we put in twenty seven holes at the creek before vacation, there would be no talk of golf during vacation. Which I held my end of the deal. I didn't. <laughs> you, on the other hand, did not. But in all fairness, too, my wife joined in. Yeah, on, so that's on my golf. Fight that's a big there. upside there. Cortland has a lifelong battle with just debilitating allergies, so she's going out a few times with me, probably five or six times, and it always ends up the same way. We get three, four holes in, and she's sneezing up a storm, and I'm normally playing bad, so that's not helping me at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, we went to uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida. Uh, it's about hour and a half, two hours north of Miami, 30, 20, no, 20 minutes away from Jupiter Island. That's where uh, Tiger Woods and Justin Thomas live. A couple of uh, professional golfers if you've never heard of. Yeah, hopefully you've heard at least of Tiger Woods, but <clears throat> really wanted to drive down there one day and didn't really get to because yeah. we were relaxing. Yeah, exactly. Most of our vacations have it, like consisted of a lot of driving and yeah. a lot of hiking. Yeah, y'all do y'all do the the big road trips. Yeah, we're road trippers. Yeah, I, I don't like. <clears throat> it's not my fear of flying. Like I would just rather hang out with my wife for these twelve hour drives. Yeah, and uh, see stuff we haven't seen before. Exactly. Like last year we went to South Dakota. That was awesome. Literally drove twelve hours, stopped in Kansas City, had some KC barbecue. I heard good <clears> things. Drove like thirteen more hours from KC to. Uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. And Rapid City is like right in the middle of Mount Rushmore in the Badlands. Yeah. The Badlands are the dopest place, out, probably outside of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. But they're the dopest place here because it, you feel like you're on another planet the whole time you're there. Yeah. Like the, you, the see, pictures, you see the picture up here yeah, I was gonna and say stuff. The pictures you were sending us, it was, it looked like stuff NASA releases from Mars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it was crazy and to think like our Earth shaped all that. Like yeah. The weather and everything else. And uh, Mount Mount Rushmore, people are like, "Oh yeah, it's kind of cool when you actually see it." Like, this is breathtaking when yeah. I was there because also the, there was a place close to Mount Rushmore that we went to where part of National Treasure Two was shot. Oh, really? uh, we went to this. It's uh, Sylvan Lake. Okay. When they're on top of the rocks, pouring the water and yeah. stuff up there, we climbed on top of those rocks. Oh, nice! Oh, it was so yeah. freaking sick, dude. Yeah. I was like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> the worst slash best actor of all time is where I'm st- was where I'm standing for a for an epic movie. Yeah, a great movie. So it was pretty cool, like seeing all that. And then we drove down to uh, Denver, and we were gonna stay in Denver for two nights. And uh, we spent a lot of time. We spent like three and a half hours at a barcade. I talked about that on the yeah. Matt's episode. So cool. Like Denver's Denver is a crazy cool place, and uh, we got chased out by a snowstorm. It was like, it was yeah. 75 degrees during the day while we were there, and then the next day it was going to drop down to like 12 with the negative yeah, wind chills with snow. That's a hard pass. Yeah, your boy don't know how to drive in that snow like those people do, yeah, so no, we got the heck out of there. Yeah. You'd, be the, uh, you'd be the 75-year-old driving down Highway 78 with your emergency flashers on in the yeah. middle of the rain. Going 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we booked it over back to uh, KC because that's like the halfway point of all everywhere we stopped. Yeah. And uh, we stayed in a winery that was actually on – Ghost Hunters, or Ghost Adventures. Okay. Uh, it's called the Belvere Winery and Inn. And, <clears throat> like, in the logs, you would hear of people's haunting stories. Hmm. And we were in one of the most haunted rooms. Thankfully, nothing happened. That you know of. 
well, I think I drank enough to where I just pass out and couldn't think about it. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh, it was freaking crazy. And then we drove back home. But that was an awesome road trip. But this past week, we went to uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida. Stayed at a Club Med. Yeah. I guess you've heard of Club Med. They're all-inclusive resorts. Mm-hmm. And it's the only all-inclusive resort in America. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. 12, 11-hour 11, 11 drive. Middle Florida. Like driving to center-cutting Florida sucks. Yeah. There's nothing there. Mississippi is definitely that, number one. But That's what I was going <clears> to <throat> say. I used – me and Dylan and Connor – We'd always joke about the uh, the drive up to Kentucky being just god awful because it was nothing but flatland. Every once in a while, you'd get a barn or a water tower with a horse mural painted on it, yeah. and then just more flatland. Now, I will say Kentucky. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I can't say this for certain, but I do believe that every discontinued flavor of Mountain Dew is housed in Kentucky now. Oh, because it didn't matter what gas station you stopped in. It was like they had a cooler dedicated specifically to Mountain Dew. Now, Livewire, yeah. everybody's favorite Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I lived in uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, it was at a, it was up there all over the place. Yeah. So, when I would come home for the weekend, I would literally stop and buy like 12 Livewires to last me through the weekend or bring Cantley something. Yeah. Well, it was like back before, you know, when they rebranded the uh, the Code Red and done the re-release on that. This was like three or four years before that, and they had just back stock of Mountain Dew Code Red. Hadn't seen it since 2006, maybe. And we were just, we were dumb. I mean, I bought one just for nostalgia's sake. Yeah, like Livewire. For those of you who don't know, if you've never had Livewire, it's a orange flavored Mountain Dew, and it is straight fire. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt Mitchell did a. Did a bless your rank on yeah. the Mountain Dew flavors. Yeah. And everybody was asking where Love Wire was. Yeah. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, dude, where I used to live, like, it was readily available. Yeah. And you could probably drive to the Tennessee State Line and still get it. Yeah. So if you want Live Wire, go to Tennessee. They have it for sure. Um, while you're there, pick up a lottery ticket <clears throat> for me. If I win, I'll give you whatever you paid for the ticket back. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we went, we drove down to Florida. Uh, all of our, like I said, all of our vacations consist of a lot of driving and a lot of hiking. And yeah. It's never like you feel like you need a vacation when when you get back. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the mindset we had going down there was, especially with COVID. You know, they're kind of limited to what you can do, anyways. But we didn't want to we didn't want it to be a trip where we were just running ourselves ragged, especially considering we were only <clears> going to be there for a few days. Yeah. So it was just, hey, let's get there and just relax and enjoy it. It's the kids' first time going to the ocean to see the beach and all that, or to the beach to see the ocean rather. So we were like, let's just, let's enjoy that yeah. and not try to focus so much on going out to eat all the time or going and doing 10 different things. See, I, I feel like even when you go to Gatlinburg, I don't like it <clears throat> because I, I love nature. Yeah. I'm a huge nature guy. Uh, but it's always go, go, go. You're like, you want to walk the strip twice, a, a, twice like a day, a, it seems like. Like a uh, generic brand Ric Flair? Yeah. Okay. A little bit of a nature boy. Nature boy. I'm not going to woo for you. Yeah. Right, we'll save fine. the woo for another day. There you go. But, yeah, like, going to the beach, usually you're running, you chill for, like, a few hours, but then it's like, lunch. Okay, go back to the beach for a couple hours. Dinner. And you don't really, you don't really get that relaxation. Yeah. Time. So, we went to this, was, this is an all-inclusive resort. I was like, we don't have to leave the grounds. No, yeah. And, uh, you got everything you need there. Everything, including a free driving range. Yeah, there you go. Hence why I took my golf there clubs. There you go. 
When I found out that sucker's free, I told Brittany, I was like, I'm taking my golf clubs. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's completely understandable. I mean, it's a waste of money not to use it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they had like old Nike Vapor golf clubs down there, but oh, I'm not going to use those. Yeah. Especially with COVID, I'm not going to touch shit people's hey, already touched. Yeah, smart guy. So, uh, but you could literally walk up, scoop a bo- bucket of balls out of this tub, and hit as many as you wanted to. Oh. So, uh, but the food, like the restaurants, they did a different nationality themed knots the whole time we were down okay. there. They skipped out on Taco Tuesday because they were trying to do dinner by the pool, hmm. and this fell on Taco Tuesday. Yeah, no, that's, super super that's poor planning. That's poor planning. But we went to this Portuguese restaurant that was off campus, and it was dope. Like the guy even had a uh, Ronaldo jersey signed, yeah. signed, so, made out to the owner Ronaldo jersey. Talk about clout, <laughs> power move. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, had the best steak and sliced potatoes ever. Yeah. And then uh, outside of Black Rock's steak. Okay, there you go. But we went to, uh, we went there and then, like, we just chilled. Like, the alcohol was free. They had bars. Like, there was a bar right outside of our room. <sighs> Boy, that's dangerous. The alcohol had a lot of sugar yeah. and it was probably below well drink level uh, liquor. Makes sense when it's free. And because they poured me a whiskey Coke. Yeah. And was not a fan. Like, I could, I could, because I can taste bad whiskey. Yeah. But it was awesome. Like, we literally made it a point to do nothing yeah. for the majority of the day. Exactly. And the humidity in South Florida outweighs the humidity here in Alabama. Oh, yeah. It was 87 degrees, felt like 102. Yeah. It's in thick. Alabama, maybe like 98 feels yeah. like 102. Yeah. Couldn't breathe. Brittany was like, oh, you're sweating so much. I was like, you're not? Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's hot. <laughs> Plus, like, you do so much walking and stuff around there because you just, it's such a widespread place. Yeah. But we literally did nothing. We sat in our cabana and looked at the Fort St. Lucie River. From the pictures you were sending, it's completely understandable because y'all had a prime location there. Yeah. You wouldn't think it's like a river. You would think it's the ocean. There's actually a river in in the port, and there were sailboats and yachts and stuff at the resort. So it's like, okay, this is how how people live. (laughs) So we were... Brittany's like, there's this one that had these blue lights up on it. Brittany's like, what is that? I was like, that's a boat. Yeah. And I was like, that's the that's where the cell's attached to, whatever that's called. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it was awesome just to relax. And yeah, I got bad news toward the end of it. Yeah. And I felt, like I said, felt helpless down there. But I, dad told me, he's like, enjoy your vacation. Dude. Yeah. He's like, we'll handle this when you get back. Because it was like the day before we came back. Like I said, that's, that's who he is as a person. Yeah. He's... Because the first thing he said, because I'm a, I'm a crybaby. Like, yeah. I love my family. And if I hear any kind of bad news, I cry. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a softie. Right. Uh, he, Nothing wrong with that. When he heard me start crying, he was like, uh, he was like, oh, I shouldn't have told you. I was like, no, you needed yeah. to tell me. But that's who dad is. Yep. Like I said, he's going to fight through this. But Absolutely. It, he told me to enjoy the rest of my va- vacation. So, out of his request, I did. Yeah. We just chilled. We watched Shameless. Started Shameless. Well, great yeah, show. Yeah, great show. God, so good. But yeah, it was super, super nice just to relax. Like I felt when I came back, we came back on Saturday and went back to work on a Sunday. It didn't feel like I needed another break. Yeah. Even driving that, 11 that hours the day with, before. I was going to say that happens a lot with vacations because you plan it out for, all right, I'm all for this amount of days, so this is how long we're going to go on vacation. And you kind of know in the back of your head, I'm going to roll right back into get home, go to bed, and have to wake up for work the next day. And you wake up with that, that vacation hangover. Yeah. And, you're beat up and worn down because you do so much running around and 
wearing yourself out on vacation. Exactly. Yeah. See, vacations are good for the soul. Like, uh, I'm a huge proponent of mental health, keeping yourself in a good mental place. And don't, if you have the vacation time, if you have a full-time job, take it. Absolutely. Don't, don't worry about missing something. Yeah. Like, your, your mental health, your life, your time with your family comes before anything else. Yep. Uh, I love my job, but there's times where I'm like, I need to, I need to shut it down. Oh yeah. I tried telling a lot of the guys that, uh, I worked with when I was in the air force, people for whatever reason would, would hold onto their leave days, which we got two and a half days every month. So I acquired probably the first year, year and a half I was there. What is that? That's almost 65 days of leave over two years. Yeah, math. (laughs) But I was one of those guys that I would go check the leave book two months in advance, you know, counting up, all right, I know I have this amount of days right now. By then, I'm going to have this amount. Cool, I'm going to cut that in half and take these X amount of days. And we would either come back to Alabama if Corbin was able to get off work, or I would just sit around the house and do nothing. (laughs) Just because... It was a free for us, you know, we still get paid when we take our leave days, but it was just a chance to just get away from work, get away from that environment for a little while, hit that reset button and, you know, get yourself ready to come back in and whatever you got to handle. I feel like too, that's where a lot of people miss the, uh, the, the point of vacations because you don't always have to go somewhere yeah to do vacation my wife and i do because we don't have kids so we just we travel Travel, yeah there's there's a whole world that i've always i've always said there's a whole world out there to see i'm gonna see it yeah um so when you have kids and stuff like i understand how hard it take a staycation stay at home do do shit around the house that you've been neglecting that needs to be done like uh when i worked at coleman i had a week of vacation and we had we had a vacation planned and we had to like cancel for some reason I can't remember why yeah I was like I've already put them in and I've already been approved and I'm scheduled to be off I'm uh-huh. just gonna take them yep. so when we lived up in Thatch in the middle of nowhere yeah you know what I did nothing for exactly. a whole week yeah <clears throat> and it was good for the soul and just know you don't have to go to work tomorrow yeah <laughs> it's good for the soul like I got stuff done I needed to get done uh I was there from when Brittany got home every single day yeah so I was like this is this is awesome yeah so you don't have to like leave the state or your hometown to no. take a vacation. Yeah, exactly. Stay home, uh, hang out with friends, go fishing, whatever you want to do. Now, fishing and golf is my thing. Yeah, hit, hit your hobbies, whatever it may be. <clears throat> do something you enjoy because that's going to put you in the best possible mental state. Yeah, because as in America, as adults, we're like groomed, like we're taught, you have to go to work and pay bills. And it, it almost seems like people put their mental health on the back burner. Background, yeah. So when... You put it on the back burner, next thing you know, you're in this terrible, dark place. And a lot of times, it can lead people. You can have a great job. You can have a fantastic work environment and all that. But when you're there for so long, it starts eating away at you mentally. And when you're neglecting yourself, because you're, like you said, we're groomed to know, all right, I have to wake up at this time, go to work, I come home, I eat, I sleep, and I do it all again the next day. Yeah. That's going to deteriorate your mentalness, your mentality. I've always talked about how... Like you can't get complacent with your life and get into routines because routines and complacency are silent killers. Yeah, and they really are. I stand by that. Like yeah. even to this day, uh, 
like in my marriage. I don't want to be complacent with my marriage. I don't want to be complacent with my home life. So yeah, if you feel stuck in this routine of work, you don't, you want to take a break. If you got that time to where you're not going to miss out on pay to keep your, keep your lights on or roof over your head, take a break. Exactly. Uh, I highly, highly recommend it. Vacations, staycations, mental breaks. Whatever it may be. Yeah. A lot of people should value their mental health a little more and don't let Take care of yourself so you can take care of everything else. Exactly. Work, your workplace probably doesn't want you being stressed out and on the edge of darkness. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, take a vacation, man, and uh, it's good for the soul. I feel better. I think Shane looks better. Hey, thank you. We got to play golf before we went, and Brittany got in the golf a while back. She went out with Jackson and me. She's always, like, knocked around and stuff. Yeah. When uh, she... We were on the driving range. It's like she was just hitting her little pitching wedge, and she was like, she hit that one good shot. She just kept it rolling. That's it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. I always said I would. I hated golf. I thought it was the dumbest sport of all time. Didn't even classify it as a sport. It was a hobby that people done. You somehow talked me into going out on the driving range one day. I look like an absolute clown. <laughs> I'm definitely posting that picture. With that. Yeah, you need to. But out of probably 200 balls that I struck that day. I hit one pure, and that was it. That's all, that was all it took. I hit that one pure, and I was like, all right, hold on. I wonder if I can do this again. I mean, that's just like fishing or whatever you may do. Like, you catch that one big bass, or you do this one thing where it's like, oh, I'm hooked. Yeah. Uh, I'm obsessed with it. Like, yeah. That's my OCD, because when I get into this mindset, that's all I want to focus on. Yeah. Blessing and a curse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, she had fun hitting golf balls, too, and. Do things, if you're married or in a serious relationship, do things with your significant other because that's also good for your mental health. Yeah. Definitely, because without Brittany, and I'm sure Shane will echo this sentiment, your significant other plays a huge, huge role uh, in your mental health. Because Brittany, there's been so many times where Brittany's had a bad day, and I feel like I could cheer her up, where I've had a bad day, Brittany can cheer me up. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Being able to lean on them when you need, and vice versa. So find people or places or things to do that, keep you balanced mentally and uh you'll find yourself in a much better place 100 percent. so uh but yeah vacations are out of the way uh we got another big one booked already for next year golly look at you uh, we're we, we schedule in advance bro like yeah, smart though like we were we we're supposed to go out of the country for this vacation we wanted to and uh covid yeah obviously our workplaces are like uh you have to quarantine for this many days yeah. blah, blah, blah. So i can't afford to miss that yeah so it's not worth it yeah exactly we'll wait till it's over but uh, now that we're back home, we're uh, we're gearing up for a little bit of football. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Not my the American style. The American style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not not my football that you've heard me talk about. The soccer. <laughs> but yeah, American SEC. SEC. On the gridiron. Yeah, boy. Uh, we'll, conference in the country. We'll touch on it for just a minute. Uh, Shane's an Auburn fan. He's a Barner. I'm a I'm a Bama fan. I'm a Gump. War damn. <laughs> but uh. Tell us how you feel about Auburn going in this year, just for a moment. You know, yeah. How their schedule looks. Schedule I don't love. I'm excited for the season, though, just because I'm excited to get football back. That little lull that we hit there with no sports. You talk about mental health. I will say that was like one of the most stress-free times I've had because there was so much <laughs> uncertainty, and they were saying, hey, there's a really good chance football might not happen. And all I could think about was all of the ways that Auburn football can't hurt me this year. 
back on the the scheduling, like I knew I don't have to face a loss to Georgia on my birthday, which is what happens just about every three years. <laughs> That's exciting to me. That was getting my mental health right. And then they announced, oh, no, we're playing. So now, just like always, I'm pulled right back in. So are they playing Georgia on your birthday weekend? No, they, that's that's what I was saying about the schedule. Uh, they bumped Georgia up to the second game of the week or second game of the uh, season. So at least you can get that butt hurt out of the way pretty soon. Yeah, go ahead Maybe. and get that one out. I mean, we're going to lose the Kentucky first game of the season. It's an eleven thirty kickoff on the SEC Network, so nothing more peak Auburn. Me, Dylan, and Connor like to joke in our group chat. We call it Jabba, just <laughs> Auburn being Auburn. Yeah, and that's exactly how this is setting up for us. So. I would say my uh, lofty goal, I don't think we're going to have an undefeated team in the SEC this year because it's an all-SEC conference. There's not that get-healthy game, that throw-away, play a Division two school and beat the shit out of them. Pardon my French. But I don't think we're going to see an undefeated team this year. So my lofty goal for Auburn is 9-1. I don't see us doing worse than possibly 7-3, and three, and that's if if that's that's worst case to me. Yeah. I mean, we're not playing juggernauts. LSU coming to Auburn's not going to be the same LSU team that just won a national championship. Miss you, Joey B. Yeah, I don't. Well, I'm glad you're going. I miss him. I don't miss him at LSU. I miss him as like I miss the, the character yeah. of Joe Burrow when he came out for their homecoming game with the EAUX on yeah. the jersey. As much as it pains me to say it, that hooked me right there. I was like, God, I hate this dude so much because of. Just the sheer fact that he beat Auburn, and in my mind, like we outplayed LSU that entire game. We just a couple of breaks didn't go our way, but when he came out homecoming, just fully immersed in the the Louisiana culture. Yeah, I was like, God, you got to pull for this guy. You have to. And after they won the Natty, when he's walking into the uh, the tunnel with that cigar, with the cigar, I was like, he is the most humble badass. Yeah. And the best part about it is, for whatever reason, the cops that are there are telling them they can't smoke in the locker room. And there's that picture that's now immortalized of Joe Burrow just chilling on the couch with a stogie just ripping it. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, I mean, that's that's who he was. That's why you got to pull for this guy. And he's not having a bad uh, start to his NFL career. No. With Took a uh, couple of bad losses, but he's performed. Yeah. Um, now, with uh, with the way things are, like there's us, the ACC, and uh, who else? Are there any other like strict conferences that are still playing? The Big Ten's trying to slide in, but I think it's going to be too late for them. Yeah, they're starting their season in October, so I don't know if that means they're going to play a shorter schedule to line up with the other Maybe conferences. Like their division. Yeah. Uh, I, what I don't understand is how the playoff committee is going to correctly and justifiably choose the four best teams. Yeah. I mean, I would say. Just coming off the top of my head, outside looking in, I'd say the best way to do it is you have to go conference champions, and there's five major conferences. The four best records have to get in. So you take your conference champions, four best records, and if there's a tie, maybe strength of schedule somehow comes into play, but that that goes back on how do you, how do you justifiably say that this team played a harder schedule than that team. I mean, the SEC right now hasn't played a single game, and we've got, I think, six teams in the top 20. Yeah. Like, the Pac-12, they haven't said they're playing yet. No, I believe the Pac-12s. They'll probably sit it out. If they do, then that just makes everything easier because now you just take your four conference champions. Yeah. Does UAB make it into the playoffs? Uh, I don't 
games now. What if I know they lost to Miami? Uh-huh. What if they? That's the only game they lose for the rest of the year. You have like a whatever they are. How many ever many games they're playing with one loss? I, like I said, a, I don't. UAB I think. Team. Yeah, I think. Like I said, you go back to that justifiably picking the four best, and I don't think you can rightfully say, "All right, Clemson won the ACC, Auburn won the SEC." Oh. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know. Let's see who's a good Big Ten team, Big or Big Twelve or Big Twelve. No, Big Ten. So, is, the, yeah. is the Big Twelve playing? Big, yeah, Big Twelve. They're playing. Yeah, so probably. Looks like Texas or Oklahoma, probably yeah. it's a juggernaut they built there, and let's say Ohio State, just for the argument's sake. If you've got any one of them teams with a nine and one record, UAB is catching the boot. Yeah, <laughs> sadly. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, buddy. If there's an argument to be made, I'll be the front man in the picket <laughs> line. Shane refers to uh, the University of Alabama as UAT. Yeah, it's the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> So, I mean, it's not fair to say UAB because of the University of Alabama at Birmingham or UAH for the University of Alabama at Huntsville, and then just magically Tuscaloosa gets to claim the <laughs> University of Alabama. I mean, where's the fairness in that? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't care if they're satellite schools. It's respect. It's about I'm, respect. I'm not talking semantics with you. <laughs> uh, so, a 9-1 Auburn team is uh, your best. Yeah. Who's, yeah. Their, who's their one loss? I mean, the way my heart is set, it's Kentucky. But I know, logically thinking, if we lose to Kentucky at home to open the season, we do not go on the road the next week and beat Georgia and Athens. Yeah. I don't care what the crowd capacity is. 20%? Something like that. So whatever. So, like, right. the one thing I do like about that, that now that we're talking about the, the uh, crowd issues, was that Auburn announced that ticket sales are strictly going to students. Have to be a uh, Auburn University. What is the card called? I cannot think of it now. Drawing a blank on it. Basically, it's a student card. Yeah. You have to have a student card to be eligible to receive a ticket, and they're just basically going to kind of email them out at random. I love that because that's the most rowdy, rumbunctious crowd you're going to get in the stadium. Is going to be the students. Yeah. And like with. UAT, given tickets to what is it the legend or whatever the crap Tide is Pride. Tide Pride. What are you gonna pack the stands with seventy year olds? I, I was I was gonna bring up that point and not to sound like an asshole to those people. No, but yeah, I mean, like they're the ones that just chill in the seats, man. Like, yeah, they're not really yelling. They're not standing up the whole now, time. Now I will say those are the guys that stay past the third quarter, though. So oh, shout yeah. out to them for that. The student's dipping out quick. Yeah. Nick Saban's, Nick Saban's been a vocal. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I blame them, you know, and you're 18 to 22 and beating whoever it is by 46 points. Yeah, go ahead and get me to the bar so I can celebrate. Yeah. So, uh, do you think Auburn makes the playoff? If, I mean, if things don't go sideways real quick? Yeah, I mean, if you've got Auburn at not 10 and 1, if we win at uh, the SEC, then. Yeah, I don't think there's any way we don't get into the playoff. And after playing a 10-game SEC, really 11 if you count the conference championship, yeah, I don't think there's any team more conditioned to 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 win it all. Welcome to my side of the table. Yeah. Uh, Alabama. Unless it's Clemson. 
I believe Cle- Clemson's that wild card. Yeah. Because Clemson can play cupcake games. They'll lose to NC State or whoever it may be on a on a whim and then turn around and beat you by 24 in the national championship. Yeah. they uh, When they beat Alabama, before I go into Alabama side for just a minute, I remember when Drake posted the picture of him in the uh, the Alabama hoodie. I took a screenshot of it and sent it to the group, and I was like, Clemson by 28. I think I think you beat me to to sending that text by a millisecond <laughs> because I think we, we had to have seen it at the same time and you just quicker fingers because when I saw that picture, my eyes lit up. I was so excited because <laughs> – that was it. The Drake curse is real. Yeah, absolutely. People, if you if you don't believe in the Drake curse or don't know what it is, look it up. He is notorious for jumping on a bandwagon, and immediately that team goes south. Yeah, like I sent that, and I sent it in a joking manner, but logic also. Yeah. I'm a realist. Yeah. So I was like, Alabama's going to lose this game by 28, maybe. The state of our defense that year, I was like, definitely. Yeah, and yeah. Trevor Lawrence had himself a day. Yeah, he did. And uh when they did win the when Clemson did win the Natty by twenty eight points, I was just kinda sitting there stunned because I was like, Am I a prophet or was I just like See, that's also, is this Drake's problem? That's also <laughs> kinda how I felt when we the were, other Drake uh, down at the uh beach for Dylan's bachelor party. We were all uh, out eating at whatever restaurant it was. We had so many different restaurants yeah. at Dylan's bachelor party. But I remember the topic came up and uh we were just sitting there talking football as men will do. And I just had to voice my opinion on what I thought about Tua. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a very humble person. I didn't think he was that good of a quarterback. I thought he was a product of the players around him. Uh, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. Yeah, I mean, people say LSU had the best receiving core. I would I would fight anybody in that argument anytime, yeah. anywhere, because they had the best quarterback in the country. Exactly running a great offense too. I mean that offense was designed for Joe Burrow. You could not he couldn't have fallen into a better position. Yeah. And then he also I mean not to take anything away from LSU's receivers. They were great, no doubt. Two first I believe two or one first rounder and an early second round something yeah. like that. But I thought too it was a little bit overhyped. I thought he came in, I would even go back to the national championship game when y'all beat Georgia. There's two plays there. Uh, I cannot think of his name off the top of my head. I think he plays for Dallas now. What is that dude's name? Receiver from Alabama. I think he started in Oakland. Amari Cooper? Yeah. Amari Cooper absolutely bailed. Was it Amari Cooper? No, Amari Cooper was there. Probably think. Dude, honestly, I don't remember. Just insert any one of Alabama's great receivers from the last four years, whoever it was, bailed him out on a touchdown. Devon. No, yeah, go ahead. Anyways. Bells him out. He just lobs one into the middle of a defensive team meeting. Dude just comes streaking across and catches it. I'm like, all right, cool. You'll get away with that. And then on third and 26, how you, as a safety, let a receiver get behind you, I'll never understand. I mean, the kid ran around for five minutes back there, and he's 15 yards (laughs) or 20 yards back, takes a sack, and then for whatever reason, like I said, I don't know how you, as a DB, let a receiver get behind you on third and 26. Yeah. But even that, he just – you're not going to overthrow your receivers at Alabama. They're too fast. Obviously, like, I feel like Tua was good on certain routes. Yeah. Efficient um, routes on top of that and the deep ball. Because he, yeah. he does have a quick release. Yeah. But he's fragile. 
Well, I mean, that's 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 what I meant when I said like you you can't overthrow the receivers at Alabama because they're too freaking fast. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like Alabama would eat you alive on quick slants, seven ten yard slants. They're catching it over the middle, and they're just so fast. They're getting through the defense and turning a what should have been a seven to ten yard catch into twenty five thirty five yard receptions, or even breaking one for sixty or seventy yards and a touchdown. Yeah, like go watch Jerry Judy's uh like training videos. Yeah. Watch how quick he makes cuts. Like, oh yeah, the best corners in the world aren't going to keep up. Yeah, with that. exactly. Even when you jam him at the line, he's still going to get away from you. Yeah. But uh, I believe in Mac. Not not a hundred percent. I'm not there yet, just because uh, we don't know. Like it's kind of he, he came in filled in for Tua. You, yeah. you don't know what he has, but with Najee Harris and Devonte Smith coming back, yeah, he's he's got players around him. Yeah, I feel like he'll do well. Uh, he's got an arm. He made those two mistakes, the pick sixes in the Iron Bowl. Yeah. But he bounced right back. See, so it shows he's there mentally. That's why I'm so high on Bo Nix. I mean, true freshman starting in the SEC, coming out of a high school system where he was the offense, and you saw it a lot in the early games, especially that Florida one that we lost. We should have never lost that game, but that was – I won't credit Bo Nix for the loss by any means. Uh, but you could tell he was out there trying to make every single play yeah. by himself. And, I mean, that's uh, that's true freshman mistakes. He grew up a lot throughout the season, and it showed in the Iron Bowl. That was probably the best complete game he played. Not a single mistake in the biggest game he's ever played in, and he performed. Yeah. So, now that that's what gives me a lot of confidence going into this season. He's a, a protege, you know, the son of a former Auburn legend. I think it means – a lot to him, and I think that kind of confidence oozes out to the rest of the team. That's energy people feed on. Yeah. So that's why I'm so high on us this year. I, I know our defense isn't going to be as good as it was last year, but I think our offense is going to make up for it this year. I think I, th- I do think the West is going to come down to Alabama and Auburn because LSU lost Joe Burrow and Joe Brady. Yeah. Joe Brady was running. The, I mean, he's the that's offensive a, coordinator. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, we're going to find out what Coach O's made of. Yeah. Joe, that's what I meant when I say Burrow couldn't have fallen into a better system because Joe Brady completely redesigned his offense specifically for Joe Burrow. Yeah. And, my God, he couldn't hit it more just square on the head. That's one of those perfect seasons, like perfect just matchups that you it don't see Cam, very often. It was Cam Newton falling into Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just you got this tool. You're going to use this tool properly. Yeah. And even though it doesn't fit your mold, if it gets the job done, it gets the job done. Exactly. But I do think LSU is going to probably go 7-3. I think they'll I think lose both of us. I think that's high for LSU. I think they'll lose both of us yeah. for sure. Yeah. I do think <clears throat> the Iron Bowl not being the last week of the season is going to be alive. weird. Yeah, that eats me alive. And <laughs> All right, we know it's not true, but so there's a, a little small part of me that I like to joke around about saying that Nick Saban set these schedules. <laughs> because he's playing Auburn in the ninth game of the season. Yeah. So he doesn't run into that potential of having to play a nine-win Auburn team, which he's never beaten. So at best, he's playing an eight-win Auburn team. He's had no problem beating those <laughs> in the past. So I like to joke around and say Saban set the schedule just right so he wouldn't have to play a nine-win Auburn team. But, uh, yeah, I feel like Al- it's going to come down to Alabama and Auburn in the West. So I-, I think Georgia – Florida's going to be good, too. Florida will be good. I feel like it's going to come down to – us and you guys and Florida and Georgia. Yeah. And, but I feel like whoever wins the West is going to win the SEC championship and get in the playoff. Yeah. With the way things are, I do also feel like you could see two SEC teams in the playoff. I don't 
I think for that to happen, either the the Big Twelve or the Big Ten would have to have like just catastrophic seasons for their two best teams, where the best team coming out of the Big Ten or the Big Twelve has like two or three losses. And not just like close game losses, like oh no, y'all just flat out got beat. But you see, other than Clemson, who obviously is a juggernaut, I, I'm definitely putting Clemson into the yeah. playoff. But you see these teams. Clemson these, has pretty much established themselves now as like an automatic bid. Yeah, ACC's easy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I feel like in the Big Twelve, when like you said, when these guys lose a game, they lose a game. Yeah, it's not like a. Not some kind of event like the kick six or yeah. you guys whatever the tip pass in the Georgia game. Yeah. You don't you don't see the the off of a whim lucky plays in these nah, these conferences. The last one I can these remember, teams just come out flat. Yeah, the last one I can remember I think it was Texas Texas Tech when uh, Crabtree caught that one on the sideline, broke two tackles, and scored on the last play yeah. of the game. That's the last like magical big like. I guess miracle play that I can remember from the Big Twelve. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's off the top of my head. Yeah, and then other well, except for, and like in the Big Ten, you had the uh, the block punt. The, yeah, the, uh, so Michigan that's, State, that's Michigan. Yeah, that's what I was about to touch on. And then you had Florida State. Uh, was it Georgia State they were playing or yeah, Georgia Tech? Yeah, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. Yeah, yeah. Get the field goal blocked and run back. Like, but that doesn't happen every single year, like you do you see in the SEC. Yeah, these teams go out and get flat out. Yeah, they get beat. Yeah. Like, Syracuse will beat Clemson or Florida State by 28 points. Yeah. Or Kansas State or Iowa State beats Oklahoma or Texas uh-huh. by 30 points. Yeah. Like, that that happens at least once a year. Yeah. Uh, so, I, that's why I think you may see two SEC teams. In, like, even you may see the loser of the SEC championship game in the playoff. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I was going to say. So, after you said it and we started talking about it, I got to thinking. And I think – Logically, the uh, the only way I see that two SEC teams get in is if the loser of the SEC championship game, I think it has to be a team from the East, and I think it has to be an undefeated team from the East that only lost in the SEC championship yeah. game. But like I said, I don't I don't see us having an undefeated team in the SEC this year. You don't think so? No. I'm, I'm going with Alabama one ten and yeah, it's a long until game. the SEC championship game. <laughs> hey, you get you got to believe. I know. I mean, that's like I, I said, I'm a realist, but also I think Alabama's going to have the tools coming back. That they will. Yeah. Uh, so let us know what you guys think in the uh, in the comments on Facebook or whatever. Chime in on this conversation, please. But uh, we thrive on interaction. The before we change subjects to, uh, about sports, the U.S. Open in yeah. golf is currently happening at Wingfoot. Wingfoot is one of the hardest golf courses in the world. Who's going to win this show today? Yeah. Today is Friday. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think is going to pull it out this weekend? You want to? You want my controversial answer that I like? Actually, kind of wholeheartedly believe. If you say Bryson DeChambeau, I'm no. going to take this twisted barley, uh, promiscuous blonde bottle and put it over <laughs> your head. No, it's even worse. Patrick Reed. <laughs> Patrick Reed is a cheater. <laughs> I think he gets it done. You think so? Yep. I hope you're wrong. I do too. I hope I'm wrong. But I've also got. I mean, I you know I, I haven't gotten to watch as much of it as I want to. I've just been catching snippets here and there when I can. 
but from what I've seen, I mean, like I said, I didn't get to watch any of the, I think the 115 tee times was the last group I seen go okay. off. Last time I saw JT was kind of struggling too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tiger Woods obviously is going to probably miss the cut, but. <clears throat> Tease and peace. Yeah. Man, like, Patrick Reed is a cheater. He has no dignity about him. I think that's why Shane likes him. <laughs> but, like. I like a controversial dude. You know how, uh, like, golf courses will do these contests on Facebook where you comment? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on, I came off my Facebook hiatus and shit's still just as crazy as it was. But first thing I saw was a, a local golf course doing a U.S. Open contest. I picked JT at plus one at one over par to win. Because that's how I knew Wingfoot's tough. Yeah. These jokers are throwing darts and stuff yesterday. And now today it's showing. She's finally showing her teeth. Yeah, I don't. Maybe one, two under wins it. Yeah. In my mind. I think somebody's. I think it's going to come down to Sunday. It's going to come down to the stretch. And somebody's going to have to make shots. And. I think I kind of stunned KT when I told him. I was like, the last time I was there, five over par won that. Yeah. It's set up. Sunday's going to be interesting. Sunday, it's like you said, it kind of started to show its teeth today, especially in the early rounds. It's only going to be worse. Yeah. So, hold on, I'm going to pull so it up. So you're going with Patrick Reed to win it all? I think Patrick Reed's going to get it done. Hold on, I'll tell you what, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Let's see here. You pull it up real quick, and I am going to give a shout-out to my man Kyle Thompson. Uh, Patrick Reed is the outright leader. He's four under through, or I'm sorry, he's four under on the tournament. He's shot even par today. And he's uh, on 13 now. Bryson had himself a day, shot two under, but I don't see that carrying over into the weekend. No, Bryson shits the bed real quick. Yeah. JT's still in contention. I mean, he shot four over today, but <laughs> he's still one under. And really, unless Patrick Reed just has some kind of colossal meltdown, I think I think his game plays well. You think so? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, but before we close on this topic, while we're on the, we're on the subtopic of golf, uh, the uh, the Brophy Cup, you heard that mentioned on Shane's episode the first go-around. That is the competition between uh, Shane, Dylan, Colby, myself. Uh, Shane and I are on a team, and Colby and Dylan are on a team. We pick a venue, and we go play. And Shane and I have not been victorious yet. No, we've been unfortunate. We've uh, we've uh, we've we've come close. It has gotten better from the from the first time. But uh, this year, I'll uh, I'll make a bold prediction and go ahead and just announce it to the listeners. The uh, the cup is changing hands. You think so? Yeah, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're we're 100% walking away victorious. If you want to know how low quality this cup is, it's a vase with duct tape wrapped around it that says the Brophy. (laughs) (laughs) So, but uh, it's just a friendly competition that Shane and I haven't won yet, and we're bound and determined to win it. Oh, yeah. I'm playing some of the best golf of the summer right now. Hopefully, uh, we get to play it before. Hopefully before we shut down, because the last time we played, it was like 20 degrees with wind. I, I no joke, had on two pairs of pants. <laughs> I had on a pair of sweatpants under a pair of khakis. So, and nice. I was still cold. Yeah. So, uh, Dylan, Colby, you heard it right here on Pass the Jar, the podcast with uh, your other two best friends. 
We're yeah, gonna come win. say hey every once in a while, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't live very far apart. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, we're coming for the cup this year, boys. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see you soon. I'll go ahead and let you know you can do whatever you want to try to prepare, but I am bringing mental warfare this year. <laughs> so, uh, folks, thanks for listening to that few seconds of bullshit. Uh, <laughs> that, But that it, it literally means a lot to us. It's just friendly competition. Yeah. If you don't have competition with your friends, what are you doing? Exactly. exactly. Competition makes you better. Builds yeah. character. Yeah, it does. Even when you lose on the uh, 17th hole. But I can't express how hard I tried to hit that five wood. 280 yards it just didn't have it it did it wasn't happening that day uh but uh yeah but since we're uh, about to transition to the next topic uh shane is a, a huge helping hand since he's been home uh we recently launched a merch store on uh on teespring it's a print-on-demand service which for us works out because we we can't afford right now to have Inventory. Inventory. We can't afford to just be setting on products. Yeah. Unless so. one until one day we do a pop up shop at uh, Twisted Barley Brewing Company or Tallulah. Shout out to Mason and Josh and Drew in Jasper, Alabama. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, when you guys let us do a pop up shop with our merch there one night. But <clears throat> the uh, the design uh, for the jar with the Walker County emblem in it that wasn't me, guys. It was a uh, it was Shane. Shane did that for me. And it was an honor to do it, dude. I was excited when you texted me about the idea. You know, you told me you wanted something simple. So that's that's easy enough. And I, I dabble in some some drawing every now and then. So when you said you wanted something simple, you gave me an idea of something to run with. And I started thinking, you know, what's, what's something that, that uh, the podcast kind of really reflects on or yeah reflects on and tries to hammer home and it's it's the saying which is on you know several of the uh, merchandise items we have and that's the talk to someone different than you yeah and to me that's kind of what that's what passage art meant you know it's not just a it's a it's a play on the you know just the old passage art around you know sitting around with your friends your buddies whatever it may be just sipping on some adult beverages but like it's shy. also it's also a great way to to meet someone different to speak to someone that may not come from the same background as you or maybe you have different stories different upbringings whatever it is it's a great way to meet them and find out we were raised different you know maybe we believe different things whatever it may be but at the end of the day they're still a human being and they're someone that Maybe you can call a friend now. Exactly. And like everybody I've had on the podcast, yeah, I kind of know them, but they're also different than me. Mm-hmm. And hence why I say that. And my episode with Timmons kind of really sparked that on because, you know, he had been all over the world and uh, worked all these different jobs and met these different people. Uh, me moving around, talking to different people in college and stuff, it really builds you as a human being. So when I went to Shane, I was like, keep it simple for the logo, but I also want like talk to someone different than you as like the main mantra of the podcast, because if we're going to grow this community here in Walker County, you're going to have to talk to people different than you. Yeah. And that's how, like there's friends that yes. I've made in the past two, three, four years. That if I was like, yeah, I may have gone to Twisted Barley, but I may not have talked to them. Yeah. But some of those people are like really, really good friends of mine. Like yeah. I talked to them on the daily. Exactly. Um, so, and I didn't think, I've always been like a social 
hermit sometimes. Mm-hmm. But talking to these people literally have made me a better person because hearing other people's perspective on life, how they grew up, yeah. what they went through. It helps you grow as a person too. It opens your eyes to a different side of things that maybe you've never thought about, never been exposed to. Gives you a chance to grow personally and get a better understanding of the world around you. Yeah, and for Walker County, we're a different world. I don't care what anybody said. Yeah, we're a different yeah, world. Absolutely. We're a different breed. But the th- the beauty of it is, none of us are all the same. Yeah, and like with Juicy, uh, we talked about. We had that tough conversation. I feel like we'd be good if we had that tough conversation. Yeah, you have to. I mean, that's you're not going to evoke change by just posting about it on social media. It, you have to start with an actual, genuine conversation with someone different than you to get that perspective, to, to see where they're coming from, why whatever this topic may be, mean what it means to them, where, where they're coming from with it, because it's easy to just turn the cheek to it when you see it plastered all over Facebook or whatever it may be, wherever you get your social media intake from. Yeah. It's easy to just write it off as whatever. And it's, but it's, until you actually sit down and – sorry to cut you off. But until you actually sit down and <laughs> talk to someone different than you and someone with that different background and expose yourself, it may be uncomfortable, but that's, that's how you evoke change. Yeah, and that – even like Juicy said, like you may not agree with that person, but at least you're hearing them out and kind of understanding where they're coming from. And that makes you better because you're like, okay, yeah, I may not agree with it, but thanks for not punching me in the face or jumping down my ass because I think this way. Yeah, exactly. That's what we need. That's where you, that's where that growing as a person comes from because you're opening your eyes to an idea or whatever it may be. And it's something that you've never thought about or something you've never been exposed to. Yeah. You know, you're getting exposed to something different and it's giving you a chance to grow. And like you said, you may not agree with them and you could come away from the conversation completely unchanged, but you you heard them out. Exactly. You gave them a chance. You listened to what they were saying. And sometimes that's all it takes. Exactly. It's just someone knowing, Hey, yeah, we walked away and we didn't agree on, anything that was said but i respect them for hearing me out like my goal when i talk to someone different than me is not to change their perspective or their view on anything it's just to stay how i feel stay how they feel find a common ground and figure out how we can fix it yeah because like we'll touch on it just for literally a brief 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 moment because i want to keep the tone of this podcast very very positive like 9-11 was a week ago today it's Friday that we're recording this. And you see all this unity and everything going on, and you look at today. Like, if we just sat down and listened to each other for just a minute, yeah, we're not going to be where we're going to be where we were 19 years ago and not where we are right now. Yeah. So let's get back to that point. But back to, back to what we were originally talking about was, uh, yeah, we, we launched a merch store, and Shane, Shane has been a huge helping hand in that. Full-time job, editing podcasts. One day, like, I hope this is my source of income. Like, I don't want to run ads unless they're locally, local yeah. ads. But with people buying our merch and stuff and supporting the podcast, it will help you get more content. But, yeah, like, uh, I'm not telling you to buy our merch. I'm not trying to sell you on it. But we want the positive message spread about Walker County because there are a few other 
content creators that kind of shine a negative light on the side of us. And I yeah. want to show the positive side of us that people should really get to know. Yeah. That's what it's about. Because, it's just, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, you hear so much, neg- you've always heard negativity about Walker County. There's people busting their tails every day, running businesses, uh, working to get businesses open, content creators, musicians that can't perform right now because of COVID. Yeah. But these people still have a voice. And even, like, just a friend, like Juicy, who uh, has a has a different opinion and outlook and is different than me. Like, that's what I want put out and heard because I just want Walker County to grow as a community. Yeah, and it's, like, it's instead of instead of the bad times. Because we do band together in the bad times. Yeah. But in the good times too, man, like peace let's peace and harmony, love each other. I always say love your neighbor. Like I don't care if you're completely different than me. Talk to me. I'm yeah. gonna talk back to you. Exactly. I mean I I feel like that's what you were trying to establish with this podcast was being able to give people from different walks of life and different upbringings from Walker County a chance for their story to be heard. Because some of these people left Walker County, but they came back. Yeah. And I, I want them to, to, to tell you why yeah. they came back. What brought like, you back here? People, you know, you hear the negative connotations all the time about Walker County and how terrible it is here and blah, blah, blah. All right, well, here's an example of 10 different people that left Walker County and came back. Yeah. Here's it's, why. Like, obviously, you're not a loser and stuck in Walker County. Yeah. You chose to come back. Yeah. Like, uh, James moved to Mississippi, came back. Uh, James Phillips, the uh, the publisher of the Daily Mountain Eagle. Greg and Lindsay, owners of Black Rock, they went to New Orleans. They came back here. Uh, multiple multiple yeah. people. Like, even if, like if you're a high schooler listening to this, don't think Walker County is just this, uh, this wasteland that yeah. you're never going to succeed in. Yeah. Because this podcast, like, I had my doubts about it because you're like, mm, this is Walker County. How's it going to be re- received? Yeah. It's not a trap being in born and raised in Walker County. And it's also not to say that you should fear moving off because absolutely 100%. I've grown so much as a person, as a human being by joining the military and going all over the world, meeting people from all different walks of life. But at the end of the day, I still chose to come back because it's home. And I know the negative light that gets shined on Walker County. And I wanted to try to do something positive to show that this isn't a bad place yeah like i always said when i left lee that uh i always wanted to move back to cleveland tennessee or that area and when i moved back home obviously uh, Brittany and i started dating but i did not i I couldn't see myself leaving again yeah uh like cleveland tennessee is a dope ass place to be Mm -hmm. it's it's great and beautiful like you're an hour and a half from gatlinburg yeah you're uh, 20 minutes away from chattanooga yeah like i was like that's utopia yeah. and when i came back here i was like this is utopia yeah and it, it always rings like i'm a huge music guy obviously talked about that the eric church is uh give me back my hometown yeah like come on man that's that slapped me in the face oh, i was yeah. like and just like james and i talked like if i'm in a bad spot i still drive to empire yeah absolutely i've even since i've been back almost a month now I've taken a few trips just driving through Sipsy and it has it's changed a ton I hate to see what's happened to the, the uh, school up there it's just completely run down and about to fall in on itself but it's still home and I still get a sense of pride knowing that this is where I, you know, I was born and raised and it's kind of like 
what Juicy talked about on uh, his episode, which was phenomenal, when he was talking about a community raising a kid. Yeah, I see what's going on in Susan. And I think back to like when I was growing up and how after school, get home, jump on my bike, and ride over to a friend's house and spend all day there. And like Juicy was saying, if you were doing something you weren't supposed to be doing, somebody was going to see you. They were going to call your mom. And it was either going to be mom's going to come handle it or she would tell them, stop them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You see it, correct it. And they would. Yeah. And that's, it's missing a lot now. And hopefully we can get back to that. And like I said, touching back on juices, we got to start with with the kids now and get into them. That's why, that's why I said, like you said, if you're a high school kid listening to this, don't think being stuck in Walker County is this negative thing. And don't be afraid to get out. And experience something different. And if you want to, if you decide to come back, bring those experiences back because that's what's going to help us grow. But that's what I feel like this podcast has shown that uh, the people that chose to come back, they're successful people yeah. in their own right, whatever they may be doing. And Walker County is a special place. So when we start creating merch, like I said, I want to keep it simple. But I was also want to spread a positive message of talk to someone different than you because now Walker County is. Not what it used to be. No. Like, you have people on opposite ends of the political spectrum, uh, religious spectrum, color spectrum, whatever. Could you ever imagine, They're friends. Could you ever imagine the entertainment district when we were younger in downtown oh. Jasper? I've made some of the best friends I have right now in the entertainment district. Yeah. That's like, what that's, we That's, that's what we mind-blowing. <laughs> Still, like, it's been established for, what, five? Four or five years. Four or five years now? Maybe three. Yeah, if I'm it's, correct. it's still young, yeah. but it's booming. And, like, you, I would have never imagined, like, I remember, like, going and getting my driver's license and the way downtown Jasper was set up back then, just never fathomed it could be anything like it is right now. Yeah. But look what happens. People moved off. People decided to make Jasper better, to make Walker County better, and that's, that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. Yeah, because we all stopped and took time to listen to each other. Yeah. That's what. That's all I want to do. That's like the podcast. Like, if you listen, you've got to listen to these people talk. Yeah. Unless you turn it off. But I feel like people are understanding that this ain't the old school Walker County that no. people were scared to come to, or you know, was meth, the meth capital of Walker County or of Alabama or whatever. Yeah. But now it's a positive place to be. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's a melting pot. You got different people that were raised a different way you have people that are different colors different religions and we're getting there and so when i went to shane with the merch i was like keep it simple but get it to the point of people are going to ask what is that yeah what does that mean so if you listen to the podcast because you saw this shirt you're going to hear different people from different walks of life and how they either left or stayed and made it just like with Eric does with his merch too. Like people from Walker County, they're, they're not from Walker County. Wear it. Exactly. I had a few people from Louisiana that have never even been to Alabama, let alone Dora or Summonson that were asking me, Hey, where'd you get that hat or that shirt? Yeah. Like that to me meant a lot because I think I've gotten my hair cut at Eric's maybe four times just because didn't live here. I always, like, tried to make it a point whenever I would come home to get a haircut. Yeah. But to me, that meant a lot. That filled me with pride because these are people that have never been here, 
that don't know anything about Walker County, but now they're supporting Walker County businesses. Exactly. It's the message we all want to spread yeah. is Walker County is badass. Yeah. It's different. It's totally different than what you saw 10 years ago, mm-hmm. even. Like, that That sounds like a long time ago. That's not really that long of, no. long of a time ago. No. 10 years ago, I was living in Tennessee. Yeah. I wasn't here. Exactly. I'm here now. And establishing yourself and this podcast. I've always been taught, what can you do for where you're at? Yeah. And that was my mom and my dad's message. Uh, growing up in Empire, like, what could I do for where I'm at? Well, I made friends. We, I grew up in Empire playing outside, going in old strip pits and everything yeah. else. But I didn't really think about it. What could I have done? But I do now. Yeah. I don't live there anymore, but I live here in Jasper. So what can I do for Jasper? Yeah. That's to go to these businesses, give them my money. Support. Yeah. Give them all your support. Give them a voice. Yeah. And that's what this podcast is all about. And that's where our merch that Shane worked very, very hard on to design was is all about is to spread this message and to help your neighbor yeah. more than anything. Exactly. No, you don't even have to buy a shirt to help your neighbor. No. So we'll, keep keep the message. Just keep the message in mind of talking to someone different than you. Yeah. And it could be as simple as going to Walmart to get groceries and just passing somebody in the aisle and saying, "Hey, man, how you doing?" Yeah. Don't have to be a forty-five minute conversation with them. Just something simple. Yeah, that's all it takes. Yeah, and you yeah. never know where that could go. You can always touch one person in a positive way with one sentence. Yeah, and we should build that kind of community here. Yeah, exactly. So I'll challenge the listeners to that. Next time you go get groceries or whatever it may be, you stop to get gas. The guy across from you at the pump, you've never seen him before. Ask him how his day's going. Mm-hmm. Ask him how they're doing. Sorry, I just took a drink out of the jar. <laughs> but uh pass that thing over here. There you go. And uh but the main thing is with me with when I wanted to create merch. Yeah. It's not it wasn't a money thing. It was I want people talking. Yeah. I I want to provoke your thoughts. I want I want to provoke other people's thoughts. And hopefully we get there. It's, it's, it's a patience thing and Eventually, when I kind of get more feelers out to how well it does, I'm not going to outsource. I'm going to go to a local place and have t-shirts made or hats made, whatever. And uh, I mean, I think that's kind of like what you were talking about with potentially getting a pop-up shop. You know, if if that's something that you're able to do, then that's perfect because that's exactly where you would go. You would go to one of these local shops and say, hey, look, here's a design I have. Can you print me X amount of shirts or hats or whatever it may be to to support these pop-up shops? I want the message spread that us and us people in Walker County are more forward thinking. Yeah. So I know I said I was going to do a contest last Friday. Last Friday was obviously a rough day for myself, as you heard. But I'm laying I'm laying out this new uh, this new social media challenge for all you listeners. Go to a place in Walker County. Talk to someone different than you, but take a picture while you're there. Hashtag it with. The pass the jar challenge, which is talking to someone different than you. Now is that is that just going to be hashtag pass the jar challenge? Hashtag pass the jar challenge. So, take a picture with it could be your friend that's different than you. It doesn't matter. Take a picture with somebody different than you while you're talking to them, while supporting a local business. Yeah. And let's see. It's 
the middle of September. So middle of October, we'll give it a month to run its course. And the winner gets two free shirts of their choice. Love that. So you guys go out and talk to someone different than you, support local businesses, and you'll win free merch. It's that simple. Use hashtag pass the jar challenge on Instagram. That way I can keep up with it easier. Or on Facebook, post it to our wall. That's all you have to do. It's that simple. Post it to our wall on Facebook. Hashtag pass the jar challenge on Instagram. So do that, guys. And now to transition to the last part of 2.5. It's a uh, it's a big thing for me. When things grow, you have to grow around yourself. And I was thinking of ways I could grow the podcast. Obviously with the merch, that's that's a start. But with the content, I was like, how can I improve my content to give the listener something different where it's not stale all the time? but still keeps the essence of the podcast, which is giving people a voice. Yeah. I thought, hmm, I can uh, I can add a voice to the Past the Jar family. And I went through and talked to a few of my confidants about what I should do and how I should go about it. So we, we chatted back and forth for a little bit, and a co-host popped up, and... That idea went over really, really well. We talked about it for days on days on days, just trying to figure out the X's and O's of how to do this properly. I'm going to pump out more content after the first of the year. Uh, if you've heard me talk already or I'll post on social media that I'm going to shut this down for the holidays so I can enjoy time with my family. Uh, the guests can enjoy time with their families without any time constraints. So that's going to be another thing coming your way. And the one final thing is, like I said, the co-host. Uh, and I said, there's only one guy I want for the job. And he is sitting right across from me right now. It is a, it's Shane Murray. So you guys starting on, and Shane has already produced, helped produce one episode that is coming out very soon. He sat in, got the feel of it, and kind of guided the way of the episode. And that's what a producer does, if you're wondering. And... I was like, this is this is a perfect fit, and it's not just because he's my best friend. Uh, if there's anybody other than my wife that that shares the same brain waves as <laughs> I do, it's Shane Murray. So uh, I texted him one night at work because I knew he was on night shift, and said, "How do you feel about coming on Past the Jar as a co-host?" Um, I think I responded almost instantly, yeah, with just pure excitement <laughs> in my fingertips, dude. I'm so excited. I can't thank you enough for the opportunity, first of all, because, oh man, I, I see so many ways that we can grow the podcast and and shine that positive light on Walker County, so that's what I'm excited for, and, and you know, getting to be a part of this with you, my best friend, so yeah. that's, that just amplifies it even more. So, like, with you coming on, people are not going to be just limited to interviews. I'm yeah. Obviously, like I said, I'm keeping the essence of the show. Yeah. And that's giving these people a voice yep. and another platform. We're still going to have to be heard. We're going to have stories. Of yeah. Local Walker County homegrown people coming in telling their stories, but we're also going to do something a little different too. You're going to have two different point of views to uh, talk to these people. Yeah. And give good, solid interviews still, mm-hmm. but you're going to have like, yeah. Shane doesn't think exactly the way I do, and yeah. I don't think exactly the way Shane does. Yeah. We're going to have different topics, too. You know, you, 
get more one-on-one interviews or interviews i say one-on-one podcasts with just me and drake and we might just spitball for 30 45 minutes about whatever's hot right now whatever's trending yeah southern culture that's yeah. what the main that's also one of the things we talked about southern culture yeah because that's a huge very, thing yeah we're both very big into into music yeah. and it's not just limited to one genre or subgenres in one genre Mark my words, Muscadine Bloodline. We'll be on this podcast one day. <laughs> I look forward to that. That that uh, you were talking about nostalgia earlier. That nothing much to do. Yeah, they just released that today. Oh my god, you want to talk about it? That will throw you on a trip down memory lane. Yeah, right there. That, Shane grew up in Sipsy. I grew up in Empire. So we have. I mean, I have twelve, thirteen years of stories to tell you yeah. from my time in Empire. So, and I can tell you just as many from Sipsy. So you're going to hear story, story time. Yeah. And uh, like I said, we're still keeping the main focus of the podcast, which is to grow a community in Walker County uh, and give people a voice to be heard. But I'm super excited that Shane is coming on. It's He's also going to take over some, some of the editing and producing responsibility. That way uh, we can get this content to you quicker. And I won't say overload you with content, yeah. but the goal is to – while giving everybody a voice, also giving them that quality uh, production that they deserve so that their stories can be heard. Exactly, because some of these people, they're my friends, or I've just met them, and they're extravagant human beings. So I want them to have the episode they deserve, because you can you can always tell when someone's nervous in an episode. That's why, if you've ever been over to record, we talk for a solid 20 to 30 minutes before we can start recording. And the nerves are still there, even for me. Like, I mean, yeah, I have anxiety. Yeah, how am I, I always think, hmm, how I'm going to screw up this episode I halfway mean, through it. When we first started, I could feel like my face was blood red, <laughs> but you settle into it, and and we talk every day, people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you settle into it, and it's like you said when I when I came over and sat in for that interview and helped out with that, I knew I had my I had my doubts, like anybody will when you're starting something new. But when I sat in for that interview, I would have thoughts and ideas of, okay, like, it would be really cool if the conversation was going this way. And then it was like, boom, you were already on top of it. So I could just feel the energy between us. Like, if we're sitting here host and co-host doing an interview, how the conversation is going to flow. And that was when I was just 100% like, yeah, this is going to be great. And I knew, like, I saw the chemistry in our interview. Because obviously we're best friends, yeah. but it it just flowed, yeah. And I was very happy. I'm happy with all of my episodes, and it's it's genuine conversation. That's what I love about it. It's not we have topics that we know we're gonna hit that we're gonna cover on, but it's not scripted. It's not like we sit here and you'll you know, hey, I'm a, I want to do an interview with you in two or three weeks. Here's what we're gonna go over to like prep for it. No, it's genuine conversation. And that's how you're going to get the best interviews from people. That's by just genuinely talking to them. Because we we have our own culture in the South. We're obviously, like I said, we're going to talk about that. But there's so many other things we're going to hit on on weeks that we may not have done an interview. Yeah. Uh, I I don't mind having repeat guests. Like, I've already got one scheduled. not going to spoil it for you guys. I already have another repeat interview scheduled. Yeah. Shane's going to be here for that. He's my co-host. He's my my co-pilot now. There we go. So, but for the people that have already been interviewed and your episode's not out yet, your episode's still coming out, we're just letting everybody know what season three 
is really going to look like. Yeah. Because you have to change. Exactly. And if you've never done content creation, you know things have to change yeah, to stay that. relevant. Yeah. yeah. You don't want things to get stale. Nope. I know. I hope you guys love the interviews that you know keep coming out, but at the same time, <clears throat> I don't want it to become stale. Yeah. And overplayed. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, no two interview or no two interviews are the same. That's what I've enjoyed so much about what you've been doing so far. Is it's like it's very easy to hear. Okay, I've got so and so from. X, Y, or Z coming in to tell us their story. And you sit there and think, all right, well, this is just another person from whatever place in Walker County. How much different can they be? But when you actually listen to their story and where they grew up, how they grew up, where they went to school, what they do for a living, blah, 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 whatever it may be, you get such a genuine response and a story that's unlike anybody else. Like, yeah, yeah, there's probably several people, or not probably, there are several people that do the exact same job, and you could have two people from the same job come in and tell you what they do in two completely different and unique ways. Exactly. Yeah. That's, Walker County is a different place with yeah. different people. We're still going to hit on those people yeah. and give them a platform. Let their stories be heard. I just have a partner now. Yeah. So, to help pump these things out. Yeah. That way people aren't having to sit around for three or four weeks waiting on their interview. Yeah, because, like, right now with season two, obviously I have... Especially in a pandemic. Yeah. Like, I've clumped my interviews together, so these people can have the holidays off. We can have the holidays off. And... But still get these episodes out. Yeah. And season three, it's going to be quicker. It's going to be a lot quicker. Yeah. Because now you have two people that can work on a podcast or produce a podcast. But so you guys help me welcome Shane to the, uh, the past the jar family. Shane is officially part of this team. And he's like I said, he's already produced an episode. He has, he's going to start learning the editing process very, very soon. Yeah. Uh, to take some work off your boy's hands. <laughs> and <clears throat> so, yeah, just welcome Shane with open arms. You're going to, Hear more of Shane from here on out, uh, no matter what episodes they are, for the rest of season two. And then beginning of season three, you're really going to see the change in the content, but with still the same message of the show. Yeah. So, folks, uh, if you have any questions for Shane. And we've also got some, some I'm not going to tip the hat on anything, but we've got some unique ideas for season three, some stuff we're uh, thinking about doing for content creation to... Help visualize the po uh, the podcast. Yeah, visualize the podcast. We're working on it, but uh, folks, you know I can't do an episode without the last shots. Uh, so we're gonna jump into the last shots with Shane Murray. Actually, we're not. Oh, we are. Because I came over here knowing that the last shots were coming, and I'm gonna flip the script on you. Oh, did you? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, I'm. I guess I'm just have to ask, <laughs> have to ask some so, different questions. Here we go. Welcome to the last shots by your truly Shane Murray. We're gonna ask Drake Pittman his oh. thirty seconds of rapid fire questions. <laughs> Folks, before we jump into the last shots, this is your co host, <laughs> new co host of Pass the Jar, Shane Murray, delivering his uh first round of the last shots. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, bro. You got your uh you got your timer pulled up? No. You got yours? Well no. I have my questions that I 
<laughs> oh, we're already a good team. <laughs> Look at this chemistry right here, just feeding off of each other. All right, let's go. All right. If you could buy any type of food right now, what would it be? A black rock cheeseburger. That's a great answer. Favorite whiskey? Eagle Rare. Ooh, Fine one. 10-year bourbon. Yes, sir. Uh, favorite football team? Alabama. Oh, NFL? Yeah, NFL, yeah. I knew San Francisco 49ers. Weird take. Steve Young. Okay, that's fair. And uh, finally, uh, dream vacation spot. Dream vacation spot? Yeah. The Highlands of Scotland. Ooh, that's a good one. I'll tell you what, and we're going to throw in a bonus question. If you could play one golf course anywhere in the world, what would it be? Augusta. There you go, folks. There's the last shots with uh, Drake Pippen. All right, now, I guess I'm going to have to do the last shots with uh, Shane Murray. Folks, thank you for tuning in this episode. <laughs> This was a bonus episode. It's been a fun episode to record. There are more interviews that have are in the process of being edited and produced coming your way with some very, very interesting and great people. But we're going to jump in the last shots with Shane. Right about now. Are you glad to be home? I'm ecstatic, dude. What's I the one thing you want to do with your kids since you've been home? What's the one? I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's the one thing you want to do with your kids since you've been home? Dude, just spending more time with them. That's all I've wanted to do. What was your first meal back? Black Rock. How was it? Catfish Pontetrain. It was unbelievable. So people try it? Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. How many beers did we drink the night you were back? <sighs> At Twisted Barley. Several. Several. I lost count. That cup stack was getting pretty big. Are you prepared to take on part of the uh, the co-hosting and co-producing? I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. Um a little nervous just because I've never done any type of editing like that, but I know with me and you as a team, there's no way we fail. If you had one message for the listeners, what would it be for them to get to, to, get to know you? To get to know me? Yeah. Ah, uh, man. Check out my Facebook feed. That'll tell you just about everything you need to know. I take things not too seriously, but uh, joke around. I'm a, I'm a bit of a character. Yeah. That's what you're getting in this podcast, folks. Thanks for tuning in to this bonus episode. Like I said, this is Simply Talk 2.5. We're halfway through Season 2. And and it's been a ride so far. I'm yeah. looking forward to the rest of it now. I changed up the game a little bit for Season 2, talking about politics. Uh, like I said, I, I constantly want to keep evolving into a solid content creator for you guys that draw eyes to Walker County in a positive light. And I could, like I said, I couldn't think of anybody better to help me with season three to keep evolving than my best friend Shane. Uh, Shane is my brother. Yes, sir. So, folks, thanks for tuning in to two point five. It's weird not titling a uh, <laughs> episode past the blank. Yep. But two point five just seemed fitting. It's simple, and as always, if your jar is not empty by this point, keep passing that thing around. Love your neighbor. Talk to someone different than you, and we'll see you next time on Pass the Jar. Mm-hmm.